What is going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. On today's episode, I sit down with my good friend, Jordan DeSico. Jordan DeSico is the co-founder of Super Coffee. Super Coffee was founded in 2015 by three brothers, Jim, Jake, and Jordan DeSico, who launched Super Coffee as a better-for-you alternative to the high-sugar content and conventional ready-to-drink coffee. Since 2016, sales for the company have at least tripled each year, touching $26 million by 2019, representing a trend that is expected to continue with Super Coffee on pace to see revenue of $70 million in 2020 and $150 million in 2021. Super Coffee, the name behind the popular Better For You Cold Brew, has raised $25 million through a funding round led by Skyview Capital, achieving a valuation of over $200 million. So if you don't know, I actually had Jordan DeSico on my podcast about a year ago, and they have just exploded over the past year. And I'm super, not only proud of them, but just genuinely happy for everything that they've been doing. And it's funny because I just had dinner with Jake out here in LA, and then they sent me a big old care package. And if you follow me on Instagram, you will see that I'm always posting and talking about Super Coffee because genuinely, it's my favorite coffee brand. And this is not a plug in any sense. But before we get started, please share this podcast with a friend. That is how the show grows. And enjoy today's podcast with Jordan DeSico. All right, what is going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. On today's episode, we have Jordan DeCicio here with us, the co-founder of Super Coffee. Thanks so much for coming on, Jordan. Casey, brother, thank you so much for having me. Good to be back on. Uh, excited for this episode, man. Yeah, man. So I had you on the show probably about a year ago, and you guys have not only crushed it the past year, so much growth has happened, some great news with you know bringing on celebrity investors and all this cool stuff that we'll dive into, man. But first off, congratulations on all the success the past year, man. You guys are crushing it. Dude, thank you so much. It's been super challenging, right? I think there's a lot went down this year. Uh, which I'm sure we'll dive into. Yeah. But yeah, man, awesome seeing you too. All the growth and evolution on your side, uh, the big move and everything. So yep. kudos to you as well, man. It's been fun watching you. For sure, man. And also for everyone that's listening, I know recently you and your brothers, you guys sent me out a huge care package of super coffee. And literally <laughs> like every day I've been posting on my Instagram story. And I've, I still get to this day, you know, people hitting me up like, hey man, like what is it about this coffee? Like, what is the brand? Like, I'd love to hear more about the story. And I think that's why it's great to bring you on because not only the story and the origin story of what you guys have created is amazing, but I'd love for you to dive into, for those that may not be familiar with what super coffee is, a little bit of background on what the product is that you guys created. Yeah, so we have a full, what we like to call enhanced coffee solution. And our core product is our, our bottled coffees, our ready to drink, uh, super coffees, which is organic cold brew coffee, but it's enhanced with 10 grams of lactose-free protein. We have uh, dairy-based proteins and uh, plant-based proteins for those who might not do dairy, uh, but they're fully keto, so zero sugar. We use monk fruit, which is an antioxidant to sweeten them. Uh, and then we had MCT oil, which is a healthy fat that helps with focus, cognitive function in general. Uh, we have a variety of flavors across the portfolio. So they taste like these amazing lattes that you go get. <laughs> Starbucks, but they have protein, MCT oil, zero sugar. So you're 200 milligrams of caffeine, which is twice as much of a standard cup of coffee. And you're getting all this in one bottle uh, for about 250 to $3. Yeah, <laughs> so dude. 
the goal when I started it in college was like, how can we make an amazing product that gives you a ton of energy, tastes great, fits the diet, and is cost effective? And it didn't exist and it still doesn't except for super coffee. So that's our core product line. And that's really the philosophy is how do we bring healthy, indulgent energy options to the market? I love that, man. And ever since last time we talked last year, you guys have came out with the Super Coffee Pods. You guys recently came out with the grounds. Like, I'd love to talk on the recent um, new products that you guys have put out there. And I've tried them all myself. And it's quite awesome to see you guys branching out into every spectrum of, you know, how people make and consume coffee. Yeah, we started to reach this point where we were so many people were drinking our regular Super Coffee. They were, but they were asking like, hey, I drink regular black coffee in the morning and I'll drink super coffee in the afternoon. Have you guys considered doing black coffee? And we're like, no, not really, right? We're protein enhanced yep. MCT oils. We wanted to figure out a way to take ground coffee and take pods uh, or K-cups uh, and enhance them in some way, but keep them true to their form. They're like a really nice, strong uh, black coffee. So what we ended up doing was using an organic Peruvian coffee for both the, the K-cups and our super coffee grounds and adding extra caffeine. So you get twice as much caffeine uh, vitamins and antioxidants, which help with immunity support and energy support. And then L-theanine, which is a superfood uh, that basically helps with focusing clarity and cognitive function as well. So you have this amazing coffee that's just a really enjoyable experience and you're getting all these added benefits on top of it. Um, but again, it's true to a black coffee experience. So if you're on keto or if you're fasting in the morning, you can drink these. And what we like to say, if you want to add protein and MCT oil, we have our own line of creamers as well, which is we call super creamer, yep. which is high in protein, zero sugar, and MCT oil. So now you can kind of enjoy your own at-home brewing uh, experience with our grounds, our pods, and our creamers. I love it, man. And I, like I said, and I'm always going to keep saying it, man, it's literally my favorite thing to do in the morning to wake up. I got my super creamer, the super coffee, and it just starts my morning off great, man. But I want to touch on something that happened about a month ago. It was J-Lo and Alex Rodriguez invested into Super Coffee. There was a big Forbes article and, you know, all these highlights of success. But obviously, you guys have faced a lot of challenges along the way. But real quick, I'd love to hear about, you know, why you guys believe they were a great part of the team to come on board and what that has done for your business. Yeah, no, you know, Alex and Jen are um, obviously incredible people. Um, they're so ambitious. They're so fun. They share our values of constantly striving to, to learn, to grow, to improve. And um, they've, they've loved coffee uh, in general. And that's what Alex's biggest focus was. He's been looking for a great coffee brand to partner with and, and share with the world. And we just aligned so much with our values and we were actually raising money, which we can talk about our series B round of fundraising. Yep. Um, so they've just participated in that round as investors and as partners. So it's not the typical influencer partnership where we're paying them or, or giving them, you know, a very transactional relationship. Yep. This was an investment by them into the brand because they love the, the products. They love the brand, but really the values and the vision too, which they really believed in. And we really connected with them. And that's what was important to us. We met them in person before, you know, we really, decided to finalize the terms of the agreement. Um, and we just loved their energy and they loved ours yeah. and we thought it would be a great partnership. Um, so we got it done. And again, going, you know, moving forward now, obviously we're going to look for creative ways to incorporate them into the brand. Uh, but again, it was really about them investing in something that they were passionate about and us welcoming new investors, yeah. just as any investors um, as an extension of our team. Yeah. I love that, man. So speaking on series B, is that something that you want to dive into? 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, quickly, obviously, we're a really fast growing company uh, and we had a plan coming into this year to raise our, another round of capital to keep the business thriving. Uh, we were going to raise about twenty five million dollars and then this pandemic hit um, and we were like, holy shit, like, what yeah. is going on right now? Um, so we ended up having to go out and raise the round uh, in the middle of the pandemic. Um, we ended up raising closer to $30 million in total. Um, and that was from, you know, folks like Jen, Jen and Alex, you know, celebrity yep. investors, but also uh, Anheuser-Busch, who's now our national distribution partner as well. Um, yep. And then some other of our current investors too. So um, really incredible that, and fortunate that we were able to raise the capital that we needed in the middle of, of the pandemic. Um, and it's allowed us to grow and fuel the business um, to have another great year. Yeah. What's been the most challenging part of this year since obviously COVID, but I'm sure working remotely and having shifts internally within the company, like what's been the biggest challenge you guys have faced? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is just uh, keeping the team positive and optimistic and feeling that sense of belonging and togetherness. Right. And yep. you know, you're growing quickly and sales numbers, you know, we could have came out and really crushed this year, but unfortunately we, there were some things that we couldn't do and that's frustrating. Yep. I mean, a lot of companies were laying a lot of people off and we decided not to make any layoffs uh, very early on, even as our sales figures didn't meet plan. And we're still having a great growth year, yep. um, but below plan, uh, we decided not to make layoffs. And I think that that was a crucial decision because now we're coming out of this stronger than stronger than ever. Uh, but again, how do you keep people engaged and happy? And you have so many parents on the team who are now uh, working from home with their kids full time, you know, yeah. full time teachers, too. You got to be really empathetic and compassionate in those situations. Um, and you got to get the team live on the phone as much as possible. So we're doing weekly team meetings. We're do, we were doing uh, Friday happy hours. Okay. Um, you know, we're doing a ton of different things to keep the team engaged and, and just having fun too as human beings, not focusing solely on our goals or, or on the company. But hey, we have 95 really close, friendly people. Yep. Um, how can we keep that culture strong in the middle of a pandemic? Yeah. What have you seen to have been the most effective strategy? Is it the, you know, like team gatherings? Like how have you guys been able to maintain that? And what would, what would your advice be to other founders that are out there that are looking to also maintain great company culture during this um, work from home situation? Yeah, I think the, the first thing was, you know, people are looking for security, right? Because they're, they're wondering, you know, about the paycheck and how they're going to keep the lights on. So we made that commitment early on that we were going to avoid layoffs at all costs. And we went out and raised a little bit uh, extra capital to make sure that we could do that. Um, so that was the first thing I think to, to settle, um, you know, people's emotions or worries a little bit. And then the second thing, what we started doing, um, again, was trying to create meaningful connections, um, as much as possible outside of just typical work meetings. You know, of course there's going to be work meetings where you're talking about goals, talking about objectives, but can you connect meaningfully with people, uh, during those meetings? Maybe, maybe not. Um, yep. so adding, you know, a Monday call, adding Wednesday call, you know, we have, we have calls right after this, a full team call. And we're just talking about things of, we're talking about life. We're talking about things that are fun. We're talking about awesome updates and wins from the week, maybe losses and learnings. And then on yep. Fridays, maybe we'll jump, jump on a happy hour too and catch up. And again, these are optional calls too. People yep. have families, um, but we want to give people the platform to connect. Um, another thing we really did toward the end, toward the back half of the pandemic now, um, is getting together in person in smaller groups because uh, yep. we used to get together as a full team twice a year, yep. um, but now we're just doing regional meetings where the brothers are going in. That's been one thing that me, Jake, and Jim have focused on. We've been to every single region. We have nine regions in the in the country now, 
um, that we operate in and we've flown into every single region and actually spent time on the ground with yep. our teams. Um, and just that still having that personal connection safely, obviously, but having fun um, is such a huge part of our, our culture. Um, and, and again, I don't think we would have been able to, to come out of this thing or, or be as strong as we are if we, if we weren't doing some of these extra, extra activities. For sure. And speaking on, um, regions, I always see you guys on Instagram, you're in different cities and you have all the super coffee, you know, um, in the stores, whether that's target or any other store you guys are in, like, what is it that you guys are doing in these regions when you guys are on Instagram going store to store to store? Is it just you want to show up there and it's building brand value or what's the strategy behind um, like you all, you and your brothers traveling to each region? Yeah, exactly. Well, 80% of our revenue uh, comes through the retail channel. So it comes through grocery stores yep. and the supply chain for that, um, you know, is pretty extensive. We have distributor partners, um, you know, it's a lot of manpower. Yep. We have retailer partners, obviously, which is a lot of manpower to operate a grocery store. Yep. And then we have our team our sales teams in every region, which they're the ones out there building bread, right? They're the front lines. And there's a great quote that we love is never be bigger than the front line, right? You can't be the CEO or the executive team calling shots from, from yep. headquarters. You got to be out in the trade. Um, and not only are you, not only are you going to get valuable insights from being out there and really have a good understanding of the market, which is a competitive advantage. Uh, but you're going to have a lot of fun with your team. You're going to build a lot of relationships. They're going to see the founder and CEO out there working their asses off. You better believe they're going to work harder because yeah. it's true and it's authentic. And then same thing, your partners, your retail partners and your distributor partners, it's the same thing. Like they want partners who are going to help them out. So when they see us in the trade, helping them out, stocking shelves, um, getting up at 5 a.m., hitting the trade, staying out late, yep. getting that face-to-face interaction, um, it builds really strong business relationships. And again, that's where our business is won. So uh, we think it's it's more than half of our job is to be out there <laughs> in the trade. Obviously, it's tiring moving around and trying to get a lot of the admin stuff done, but we figure out a way to get it done. But it's it's just too important to not have that face-to-face time with our team, our retailer partners, and our distributor partners. For sure. And something that you brought up earlier with just you and your brothers. I know when, when Jake was out here in LA, we actually had some time to link up. We had dinner and it was, it was a great time. And how do you, how do you and your brothers um, delegate? Meaning I know when I was with Jake, he was talking about his roles and now back on the first podcast we did, we were talking about the, you know, where, where each of you spend your time, but nowadays 2020, where do you spend your time within the company as well as your brothers? Yeah, I think as founders, right, you're all kind of in this role of, of HR in a sense where you're all kind of taking care of, of people, um, speaking with everyone in the company, supporting everyone, serving everyone in the company and your partners. So that's why we're all out in the trade every day. We, we don't all spend all of our time in sales, yeah. but you know, we do spend our time with our people. and That's the most important thing we can do. But So Jake's head of sales and he focuses on managing the sales team every single day, all of his time and energy going to selling. Um, me, I spend most of my time, um, on the product and operation side of the business. So manufacturing, uh, innovation, uh, product development, and then also on the people side of things. So with our actual HR teams, uh, with our internal communication teams, like how do we make the business more efficient? How are we communicating with each other? What are some of our, our top processes? What are our hiring plans, um, hiring process, hiring strategy, um, and then when we have these great talented people, how do you keep them happy? How do you keep them engaged and make sure they're working really well together? Yep. Um, so that's kind of what, what I focus on and product and people. And then Jim really oversees all of finance, legal and marketing. 
um, which again, you know, you don't really think of finance and legal as, uh, you know, they're not flashy, you know, they don't get a lot of love and credit, but it takes a lot of time and energy to do those things right. And then marketing obviously is, is such an important part of any, any yeah. business, especially in, in our industry. Uh, so Jim really leads the charge with, you know, we have a great VP of marketing on the team too. Um, and an incredible marketing team, both field marketing and digital marketing, um, our customer experience team, yep. uh, he, he goes up to him as well. So that's kind of how we split it up. But again, the three of us, you know, we love spending time with everybody in the company and letting them know, Hey, we have your back. If you, if you need anything. Yep. No, I love that, man. You guys do such a great job at that. And I know with all the content on social media that I'm always following, you guys crush it. But speaking on, um, the holiday seasons. I know that you guys have these seasonal limited exclusive yes. drops with the pumpkin flavor. And now the, um, what is it? White, white peppermint, white chocolate peppermint. Like yes. what is, uh, what's your favorite thing about this time of year when it comes to these exclusive flavors? Cause I know you guys are doing a big, a big push on that right now. And I've had, a, yep. I've had some time to try them last year, but like what, what most excites you about this time of year? Totally, man. It's exactly that, right? I think like for us, um, you know, we're based up in the Northeast. It gets cold, man, and you know, <laughs> people aren't drinking as much of your traditional bottled coffee, iced coffee flavors. So you have to have fun with it. You have to have new, exciting flavors. And our white chocolate peppermint was actually our number one flavor in the country last year, this time of year. We have a gingerbread eggnog super creamer, which I just drank straight up because it tastes <laughs> like a healthy eggnog. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously we launched our pods and grounds for the hot coffee lovers. And we also launched white chocolate peppermint pods uh, this year too. So just having that flavor variety, keeping it cool, keeping it fresh, but really delicious indulgent flavors too. Like what more, what more could you want this time of year? Um, and then obviously a big part of the business is just getting ready for next year. Um, yeah. So while we have seasonals and we're executing, we're thinking about 2021 right now and how we can come out of the gate strong um, and what that strategy will look like to execute. Totally. What would you say is the most important thing about that, you know, 2021 strategy as an entrepreneur, you know, for every entrepreneur that's listening, it's, it's always good to have that, that future-based thinking. Like, how do you guys best prepare and what would your advice be for founders out there to prepare for the next year? Yeah, it really starts with goal setting, right? Like what you think you can accomplish, what you want to accomplish um, financially, right? So setting some actual financial performance targets. Um, but then also maybe from a product standpoint, what new products do we want to launch? And then you can kind of come up with uh, a people strategy too. What roles yep. do we actually need? Um, but it starts with, uh, you know, you know, you talk about a budget or just profit and loss. Um, what do you think you can do in sales? What is yeah. the goal? What, what's the targets? And you can break that up by product line and by region. So that's where a lot of our planning comes from is like, what new customers do we need to hit these numbers? Um, what new region we need to add. And then, you know, maybe if we launch this product line, how much, how much revenue could that contribute? Um, so you really start to formulate this plan based on, based on your goals. Um, and then you kind of say, okay, you know, we'll have these products coming, but from a people perspective, do we have the right people in the right roles to accomplish these goals? Um, and if the answer is no, you really got to work with your HR team and figure out, okay, here's the type of roles we need. Uh, here's when we need them by, here's how much those roles are going to cost us. And you can kind of factor that into the budget as well. So, you know, what you get out of that is this fully cooked 2021 uh, financial plan that says, here's how much revenue we're going to do. Here's yep. all of our products. Here's how much we're going to spend. Here's all the people that we need. And then it just comes down to going down and executing that plan. Um, but what usually happens is things change. Uh, yep. You know, a pandemic, hits, right? You yeah. have to adjust everything. 
uh, and you thought you had this great detailed annual and quarterly plan. And really it's like every day you're making new decisions, new yeah. things are popping up. So while it's important to really have a sound strategy and plan going into the year, you got to be willing and able to adapt um, on the fly. And I think that's something that we do really well um, and, and, gonna, and are going to continue to do really well because it kind of sets us apart as the environment and landscape changes. So. Yep. No, absolutely. And, and I love that. I wanted to touch on, I remember last year when we talked, you said uh, how you guys are one of the top sellers in the Northeast region of, of America. And now this year, obviously I live in California now and I see super coffee everywhere. Was it the last year that you guys started having the bottled coffee in retail stores or what was, what has this expansion been like when it comes to getting these, you know, your product in all the stores across America? Yeah. Yeah. So again, this is, this is our now our fifth year too in business. So I think that's important for a lot of new listeners. So the first three years, we really focused on uh, the mid Atlantic region. Um, so you think Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, you know, Washington, DC, that area. Uh, and then really year four, we started focusing on the Northeast, um, the Midwest a little bit. So like Chicago and then also down to Texas and the South central and Florida, yep. um, the Southeast. And it really wasn't until, you know, the end of year four, uh, so about a year ago, where we started focusing on the West Coast, yeah. that's California um, and, you know, Colorado and some of these great states. And the reason was we wanted to make sure we had the proper plan and resources available and cash available yeah. uh, to execute a plan because it is expensive to build the team and make sure you're executing. So um, we've been out West and nationwide, um, sold in over 25,000 stores now in wow. all 50 states. Yep. So um, you know, we're, we're chipping away, but we still have a lot of ground to cover. And I think while we're now readily available, it's going deeper and really becoming a top, top selling brand. So totally. we're now the number four total coffee brand in the country, um, ready to drink coffee brand in the country. Number one, that's independently owned, yep. um, and privately held. So, um, we definitely gained some ground, but you know, as we always say, we're still just, just scratching the surface. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of room to go. For sure. Where do you think is the biggest opportunity for you guys like where is the ground that you need to cover where are you guys focused on right now totally i think i think the biggest opportunity for us is continuing to go deep in in all of the regions that we're in but really in the central and western parts of the country um but for example uh you know our core super coffee product lines you know we only have about three to four flavors in in most stores um but now we've innovated to the point where we have 14 to 15 flavors across the across the portfolio. Yep. We have our creamers, we have our pods, we have our grounds. So we have this amazing portfolio, but we're not extracting a lot of value. Or we're not going as deep as we could. So the next year is really going to be about getting all of our retailer partners who we work with today to take all of our product lines or more of our product lines. Yep. So we're really making a meaningful impact in multiple parts of the grocery store in a lot of grocery stores across yeah. the country. So again, we're, we're literally just scratching the surface from, from that perspective. Our core super coffee line, we're also uh, innovating a ton in plant-based we have a lot more plant-based flavors coming out in January. Okay. Um, and then we have some, some fun seasonal stuff coming out for the spring and summer next year as well. Very cool. Um, we're going to continue to go deep with, with our partners. Very cool, man. I actually love the, the plant-based, what is it? Coconut mocha, right? That's it. That's literally one of my favorite flavors, man. Like I, I'm not a plant-based person, but just that flavor and the, you know, the, the additional plant-based benefits. It's definitely to me, one of the best. I'm definitely looking forward to the additional product lines, man. That's gonna be exciting. Yeah, man. More plant-based is, is key for us. Same thing on the creamer front. We have actually a coconut mocha creamer launching next month uh, nationwide at Sprouts. So you'll be able to get that there. 
Um, and then, yeah, I mean, French vanilla, plant-based stuff coming out. We have some sweet cream flavors coming out. Um, just trying to innovate and trying to come up with flavors that people really want because they taste great, but are also much healthier than what currently exists on the market today. How, uh, how much thought do you guys put into like the different flavors and the naming? Cause uh, for a lot of people, I think it could be, it sounds simple, right? Whether that's coconut mocha or all these different names, but like, what is the level of thought that goes into each flavor? Because there's tons that you can pick from and names and how you position it, but how does that work on, on the inside of the company? Yeah, it starts with, you know, having a good understanding of the market too, right? And what flavors really work yep. uh, well. And, and you try to be in that in that ballpark, but you want to add a little bit of creativity to it when you can. Um, especially when you start to really build out, like, you know, when you're beyond just your core flavors of mocha, vanilla, hazelnut, yep. caramel, like that's the baseline. Yep. How do you build on top of that and make, make it a little bit more exciting? Um, so you're looking at the market, you're looking at data, um, to see what SKUs are actually, what flavors are actually selling, what people want. Um, and then from there, you're trying to create great products that actually taste great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if they taste really great, you know, the last part is, okay, what is the best name for this? Yeah. You know, is it, is it a coconut mocha? How will customers respond to that? Um, you know, is it a sweet cream? You know, if there's no flavor, but it's sweet, right? Yeah. So how are you in making them relatable and, and making sure people understand okay, what am I about to experience when I open this up? So you don't ever want to be too far away from uh, something that's relatable and something that does a good job actually giving people an idea of what they're going to drink, yep. right? As soon as you're outside of there, you know, it, it becomes really difficult for a customer to say, okay, uh, I'm going to give this weird flavor a try. So yeah. um, we do put a lot of time into it. Um, but again, it really comes down to making sure the flavor profile is great and the flavor name is giving consumers an idea of what, what the product tastes like. Yep. I want to ask a question and that is if you were to go back to year one, what would you do differently and what can you tell an entrepreneur that's maybe looking to launch a, um, a company in the beverage space? Like what should they look out for? What should they do that you guys might've done wrong and how can they best prepare themselves to, um, just, you know, be in stores and be in retailers all across the country and now having this five-year experience, like if you were to go back in time and you know, your day one year one, what would you tell yourself? Yeah, I would say, look at, look at a mainstream category, um, like coffee, for example, or any, any other mainstream stable and figure out where the gaps or the opportunities or the niches are. Um, I think a lot of times, a lot of entrepreneurs try to innovate and do something new that maybe doesn't exist, but it also maybe doesn't solve a problem or yeah. is, is something that you know people actually want. So you could come up with a cool product concept, but if it's not solving a problem or it's not something people want, um, you know, it might not be the best fit. Um, whereas if you're doing something in a mainstream category, just in a healthier or new way, People are going to be familiar with it. They're going to be excited about it. Um, and you're going to have a lot easier uh, path to getting in there. And that's exactly what we did with coffee was, you know, the bottled coffee category has been around for 20 years, 20 plus years before yep. we entered it. Um, but the players in the category all consisted of just milk and high sugar, high calories, high carbs. And we said, okay, how can we make this healthy? How can we make it still taste great, but affordable yep. um, and put a new twist on what bottled coffee can be? Um, so I would say, you know, when you're thinking about food and beverage, you know, give people what they're familiar with, um, but just make them in a new way or make them healthier, make them taste better. Um, and definitely, definitely spend time out in the market with your yeah. customers, go pour samples, get feedback. How do people like different flavors? Cause there's virtually an unlimited amount of flavor options you can yeah. do, but if they don't taste great. You know, you're gonna have a really tough time. 
Um, and if they're not extremely differentiated, and like, that, that was the biggest thing for us is like, people would ask, why would I pay 50 cents more for a super coffee when I get a Starbucks? It's like, well, you know, we're 250 calories less and zero sugar and we taste better. Yeah. Um, so we got to be drastically different, drastically yeah. better than what exists if you are going to enter, you know, a crowded category. Yeah, for sure. And when it comes to like, when you guys were first getting into retail stores, what were some of the challenges there and how did you first unlock some of those partnerships and opportunities? Yeah, I think we started really small, um, which again, I highly recommend, you know, kind of start small and regionally. Yeah. Because, you know, in food and beverage too, people like local, right? They like supporting local brands. Yep. And that's what happened. We we actually, we um, started right in Georgetown. Jake went to Georgetown University and that's where we kind of launched after I dropped out of school. And uh, we went to one Whole Foods market and they Whole Foods is a local program. And you yeah. find this a lot. It doesn't need to be Whole Foods market. It can be your local independent grocery store. Yep. Um, and we said, Hey, like, look, this is our brand. We're local or right up the street. Um, you don't have anything like this product. Here's what you have on the shelf. Here's what our product is. Would you be willing to give it a shot? And we went one store at a time. We poured samples. And when you do that, that's slow. You can get a lot of feedback. You can learn a ton about the industry, how it yeah. works. Cause we were making our own deliveries. We learned a lot about distribution early on. Yeah. We were doing our own manufacturing. So we learned a lot about manufacturing early on. And then we just learned the importance of actually interacting with customers, getting their feedback and making the product better. Um, so that hands-on experience for the first two years, really, we did that for, for 24 months. Um, and it was, it was a grind. It was really hard. Um, so I do want people to, to understand the amount of commitment and dedication that it takes. Um, but it's invaluable. Uh, I mean, it really is super important to be there, starting small, improving as you go, uh, and then making adjustments uh, in order to grow the business. Yep, absolutely. Last question before we wrap up here, Jordan, and that is just, what are you most excited about moving forward into 2021? Uh, I'm most excited, hopefully, you know, about the vaccine that, you know, some of the news that we saw this week from Pfizer, hopefully yeah. there can be a you know, vaccine available because I think that's going to, that's going to help the economy a lot. Um, you're going to get a lot more people out and about and back to this kind of idea of a new normal. Yep. If you have this really highly effective vaccine. Um, so with that, what I'm most excited about is being, getting back to our roots and what we do best, which is being out with our customers. The biggest thing we lost this year was not being able to do any sampling. I mean, we're a yep. brand that still to this day, we're in 25,000 stores. We try to sample in all source. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a big part of our marketing spend. It's a big part of our marketing strategy because it's, it works. I mean, yep. it can be, it works really well. So that's what I'm most excited about getting back, getting through this kind of pandemic era, which we're very much still in as cases are at an all time high right now. Yep, yep. Um, hopefully we can get through the holidays. The vaccine can become readily available. Um, but let's say that it takes another year and we're, you know, kind of in the same phase for 2021. I think just still kind of what I mentioned, most excited about working with our partners to get more of our products readily available across the country. Um, so again, more people can enjoy super coffee and all the products we're, we're offering yep. right now. I love that, bro. Well, last but not least, man, where is the best place that everyone can follow you, follow Super Coffee, and just be be informed with everything that you guys have going on? Yeah, Instagram is the best place, at Drink Super Coffee. Um, give us a follow for sure. You can follow along. And then uh, Jordan underscore DeSico, uh, again, on Instagram is probably the easiest. If you guys are on LinkedIn, you know, same thing, Jordan DeSico, Drink Super Coffee. Um, give us a follow. We're you know, pretty engaging on, on yep. the platforms. You can reach out to us and we'll, we'll get back to you for sure. Awesome. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for coming on again, my man. It was a pleasure having you on again. 
Casey, thanks so much, brother. I appreciate it, man. I look forward to catching up in person soon.